You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Friday, everyone. This is the Phoenix Sports Podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Cheerson Soussel, alongside Michaela the Grinch Perkins hey. on this lovely Friday. <laughs> bah, only, a, only a couple more before <laughs> Christmas. And it's the same say, thing. That was not even close. That's Ebenezer Scrooge. It's the same what thing. What are you doing cool. here? I'm all of it. She's all of it. She hates Christmas music. I hate Christmas music. Hate Why? it. It's awful. It's That's... the same thing every single year. It's so repetitive. It's uh, so annoying. Half of it is creepy. Baby, it's cold outside. Okay, like well, just let her go like home. That. I don't like that song. Uh, we, it's we all bad. It's all bad. I saw Daddy kissing or Mommy kissing Santa Claus. <laughs> Nowadays, I love that one. I love that one because it's <laughs> it's, it's it shows you. A- <laughs> It tells you a lot. Of, <laughs> Dad's getting you know, Santa Claus too. Over my head, it says it says a lot about you as a kid, how you viewed that song. Because even when I was younger, I was like, "This kid's mom's cheating on his dad." Oh, I, I, I realized that Dad was Santa Claus. Grandma oh, got run over by a reindeer. My like, what are we doing? Let me listen to that Christmas song because they you were... thought it was promoting infidelity. Infidelity, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I always thought too. What is your actual favorite Christmas song? Kirsten, I'm not going to ask Matt because she is the It's all bad. It's all garbage. That's not true because there is a right answer. Dang it. There's a right answer. There's one right answer? In my mind. What is it? Uh, Last Christmas by Wham. That shit goes crazy. Last Christmas. Yeah, I like that song. Garbage. I like, I don't know. I like all of them, honestly, except for um, the ones that I just, the two that I just uh, named. But oh, you know I, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Um, Only a hippopotamus will do. I don't want no toys. No, no I like that so song. annoying, obnoxious, the stupidest song that's ever been you made. You know what's not obnoxious? Charles Waddell Pike and Dana both agree with me. Sorry, I just have to make sure that there's other people out there that hate Christmas music as much as I do. That's all. <laughs> I hate Christmas music from December twenty sixth to the third. Friday of every. I agree. Once hit Christmas hits, it's done. I do enjoy the Christmas songs that they sing in church on Christmas Eve service. That was my favorite part of going to Catholic school is singing Christmas songs. Shit sounds so good. Singing in a church is amazing. It it is the the vocals there are crazy. (laughs) Okay. Acoustics. You've gone completely off the rails. Okay. What I was going to say is. Something that Michaela does love is the Four Peaks Holiday Cheers box. <gasps> Would you like to do us the honors of punching through the yes, Advent calendar? I love Advent for calendars. The 9th of December. No, 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 no. What? what? Uh, 
No, they don't. Shane just said we can't do it. They haven't done eight yet. They can do eight. Uh, Excuse uh, me. We have one show a week. I was going to say, it is only one show a week. And I love advent calendars. My mom can attest to this. What do we have for the ninth? For the ninth, we have Double Knot knot IPA. They knew it was me opening it. They know how much I love IPAs. Uh, Double Knot. Love it, love it, love it. Stick that in the fridge. Let's break it open after No, you got to put it back in the box and make it look like it wasn't open. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. So So Suns can reopen it. Yeah, we'll we'll make it look like we did. Nobody tell. Nobody tell. Okay, let them think that they were the first. Um, you can pick yours up from Four Peaks if you want one. Look at how cool it is. They do have a limited supply of these advent calendar boxes, though. Again, you got a different beer for every day of December, which is amazing. Uh, they're $55. Enjoy their specialty beers, tall boys, and more. You can purchase them at their 8th Street Pub in Tempe. So fun. The Love 22nd it. is my birthday, and I want to punch that one out, too. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you know. I think if you did it ahead of time, cheer. people would forgive you for that. Yeah, I feel like true. that is It's my a birthday. Fair I can do what I want. Um, <laughs> someone else's birthday. Will's birthday. Happy birthday, Will. Happy birthday. Um, it's not just, so well, fun. it's not Will's birthday here, if I'm understanding correctly. It is Will, Will's birthday where he is in Melbourne, Australia. Because oh. it is tomorrow. You're watching from Australia? It seems like what he was saying. Um, yes, it's tomorrow here in Melbourne. I haven't slept. What a blessing it is. I saw the notification. Wow, international wow. viewer. What's I up, saw, Will? Wait a second. So I saw birthday. the notification for this to come on. I love like, oh my gosh. Thanks, Will. That's awesome. So good day, happy mate. Bir- <laughs> uh. Put some shrimp on the bobby. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to come out here and insult this man i also have beef with your mom now matt why you saying that wham, wham sucks. sucks yeah my mom's not a kiss just person either you guys oh. know where i get my personality from it's literally just me and my mom reincar- i'm reincarnated version of my mother okay <laughs> uh, um we did have some we did have some big news and we want to kind of at least um address it and say that we're thrilled to have Brittany griner back um safely um and acknowledge that before we get into some fun stuff because uh man it was a long time almost 10 months that she was detained in russia and you know everybody has different opinions of it but we are so thrilled and happy um for her for her family and um now she gets the pro to start the process of healing and i can't imagine the difficulty that she difficult road that she still has ahead of her when it comes to that um but wow 294 days later she is now back home and um we're we're just so thrilled that she's back yeah absolutely overjoyed that she is back home safe she landed in the united states late last night so glad she's back on american soil and glad that she can start that healing process that cherson mentioned and that her wife gets to be with her for the holiday season as well one more thing to add, her wife, Sherelle, such a symbol of strength through this entire thing. And her speech yesterday or address at yesterday at the White House was um, commendable that she was able to hold herself together. Um, you know, speaking at the White House is a big deal. And she's been through so much um, to hold it together and to speak as eloquently as she did and recognize um everyone that helped bring BG home as well as um, the Wheeland family who's still fighting to bring their loved one home and to say that she and Brittany are going to help in the fight to bring all Americans home that are wrongly detained elsewhere. So um, just commend them for, for that as well. Bring them back. Bring them all back. All right, let's get into our segment of the day, Down in the DMs. One of our, I love when we do this, because I love to hear what other people uh, 
want us to talk about? What questions do you guys have? Uh, it's all about you guys anyways. Um, we got a lot of questions. So thank you guys so much for sending them in. If at any time you have a question during the show, drop it in the chat and put some question marks by it so we know you want us to answer it and we will do our best to answer your questions. But thank you all for your questions. There were so many. I was like, let's go. Shall we get into them? Let's do it. All right. Lojo Deportes. We can find that one, Sean. When it comes to the Suns and Coyotes performances this week, can we just change the subject? That is a great question. (laughs) (laughs) And we will change the subject after we answer your question. (laughs) Um, All right. It was a bad week. from Lojo Deportes. And yeah, we would all just kind of like to uh, just turn the page on this one. I would say the Coyotes and Suns are in two wildly different places. So obviously there's one team that whose performances hit a little harder and differently. The Coyotes, I will say, we could probably just brush past them. Like, listen, they were on a 14-game road trip. It's hard to win on the road. It's hard to win when you're playing that many games on the road. I think it tied for for an NHL record for most consecutive road games in NHL history. Yeah. Like, it doesn't happen. So, you know, it is what it is, and their expectations – the expectations that have been placed on them from an outside perspective are pretty low anyway. So they lost, they only won one of 11 of their last games on that 14 game road trip. Oh They're back God. at home finally tonight, but uh, you know, and then they close it out with a pretty, pretty bad loss to Edmonton. So it's just like eight to two. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> what do you even say about that? I don't know. That's rough. I mean, like you said, the Coyotes and the Suns are in wildly different categories. So to me, it's a little bit easier to feel okay about winning the last 11 of their 14 on the road because I don't expect the Coyotes to go out there and shut teams out night in and night out and win and put up impressive, like remarkable things on the ice because it's the Coyotes. Like we're very realistic about where they're at. They're in a rebuild right now. Um, obviously, I think they're still ahead of the Blackhawks, though. Which I we're all we're all talking about lottery here. They're still ahead of the Blackhawks, which isn't great because uh, <laughs> hashtag shit the Bedard. Uh, <laughs> How did they lose that many games and still are ahead of the Blackhawks? The team that that the, you know, it's really have to worry about is the Anaheim Ducks. They are, and I cannot yeah. say this with enough emphasis, bad at hockey. Um, they are currently yes. seven seventeen and three with seventeen points. Uh, Blackhawks have 18. Blue Jackets also have 18. Um, so it's not. There's a little bit of competition. Stop and then the Coyotes have 18. The, but, didn't the Blue Jackets lose by like eight goals to the Sabres? No, they week? lost nine to four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can talk about that. But the thing about the, the Anaheim Ducks is they have played 27 games already. The Coyotes have played 24. And the Ducks have one less point. So they have a few games in hand and are still behind the Coyotes. So maybe it's a good thing that the Coyotes lost that many games. Yes, because we is, want them to get the, the first overall pick. Mm. So... It's it's okay. We're fine with it, right? The Suns, um, on the other hand. The Suns, on the other hand, no. <laughs> so they lost big to Dallas, which we hate to see. And then Literally they followed so it up. Much. It was like, man, just throw away the tape. Move on from that. That was just a bad game. And then you have another litmus test of where this team is at against Boston, who has an, also has something to prove. And had controversy and adversity this season already that could have either made or break 
broke them, made or braked. Made or broke them. Made or braked them. Breaking them. Could have uh, made them. them or broken them, however you want to say it. Um, and they are firing on all cylinders and completely embarrassed the Suns. I mean, completely embarrassed them. So it was bad. in those two losses this week, they lost by a combined 46 points. And that includes a combined 53-point deficit at halftime. Ugh. Again, combined. But it's not good. Yeah, that's not good, to say the least. I mean, that's not what I want to see from the Phoenix Suns. Like, I've been saying this all along. Their championship window is closing very rapidly. Like, if it's not this season, I, I, I don't know where you go from there. So, um, obviously, they've had some injuries that they've been struggling with. Well, Chris CP3's, Paul returned yes. in this Boston game, and it didn't make a difference. It did not make a difference. It did not go well. Again, so that's his first game back, and he was out for as long as the Coyotes were on the road for. <laughs> this is also true. <laughs> These are facts. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just – the Dallas loss hurt because I hate the Mavericks so much. Like, it, they infuriate me on a soul-deep level. So, obviously, that wasn't Luka, great. <laughs> like – he gets under my skin, and he I hate really to admit it. Me. I hate to admit it because I think that's what they love to hear. But he gets under my skin. I have some sources that have informed me that uh, Luca is a hoe. <laughs> Can confirm Luca is a hoe. Um, so obviously, you never want to see them lose to Dallas, just because I don't know what Dallas does. Just everything they do just makes me angry. Um, and then that loss to Boston was just absurd. Like that was such a bad game. Like they were without Al Horford too. There so was nothing I could point to in that Boston game where I was like, "Oh, it's okay." It was all bad. It was all bad. So uh, it ticks me off because they're like losses that like defeat your soul yeah that like hurt like on a physical level like have some pride in what you're doing <laughs> yeah, yeah i get it like you're not gonna win every game and you might have like a, a bad game here and there or whatever but to lose the way that you lost to two contenders in dallas potential contenders in dallas and boston what where's your sense of pride like, yeah what are we doing here i think it also hurts too because we in phoenix know that the national media generally overlooks the phoenix market the phoenix sports teams in general um but when they do make waves and they are good and then like something goes wrong like they just dogpile on whatever is going wrong and so it always makes me nervous because i know the next day like after a bad game i'm gonna turn on like whatever show on ESPN and they're going to be like, the Phoenix Suns are a fraud. And it's like, oh, like, I don't, I don't want to listen to this. Uh, this says, uh-oh, Cheerston is ticked. ticked. Yes, I'm ticked. <laughs> the good news is, is they play the Pelicans tonight. So they do have a chance to redeem themselves because that is going to be an important game to If they go and blow another game and lose by a ton for some reason and that's their whole week, like, I'm out. I'm going to need some time away from the Suns before I can recoup and start watching games again but hey listen it's still like early enough in the season where they can certainly write the ship they can certainly you know I hate it because people are now having the conversation of whether or not Chris Paul's washed and that's another whole other thing and you know whatever so I won't get into that but uh, this team is going to have to make some serious changes adjustments we already know that they're you know looking to bring somebody else on but um, with where they're at now, I thought at one point here, I was like, and I hate to like ride the emotional roller coaster with them, but I really thought at one point, I was like, man, this team without even like making any changes is going to be a contender. Like, and, um, so people made the argument too, that like, well, they didn't make any, they didn't make any improvements from last year to this year. And I'm like, well, I felt like they were a contender last year. Did they like, what all, what all do they really need to do? 
Um, so that was sort of my mindset, especially when they were, you know, kind of firing on all cylinders at one point. Then you have injuries and things like that that blow things up. But um, I could talk about this forever. I'm really frustrated, though, and I, <laughs> I hope that they can just – right the ship tonight is a get right game opportunity for them yeah and move forward well, they play um new orleans again on sunday as well we'll point that out in the chat so this is an important two stretch two stretches of games they could redeem themselves a little bit here in my eyes um daniel saying this won't be the roster in a month they will be fine yeah i definitely expect the suns to make changes they have to like they don't have a choice if they want to compete this year and they want to make a deep run in the playoffs they have to make some changes on their roster um so i definitely think I agree with Daniel. This isn't going to be <laughs> what it's going to be. Brian proposing quite the ultimatum. Christmas music or watch the last two Suns games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I honestly think I would rather go back and watch those two Suns games and listen to Christmas music. That is how much I hate Christmas music, you guys. Like, that's a it question is, specifically for Michaela because yeah, I don't I mind Christmas say, music. It is a, I will happily listen to Christmas it music. It is a deep-rooted, like, genetic in my DNA hate. Like, I can't do it. So I would honestly rather watch the Suns get blown out <laughs> two games again and listen to christmas music it's so bad uh i don't know how to say this person's name but they say on the positive side josh akogi's starting to hit shots and d lee is way better than expected there are some really big bright spots on the yes. bench damien lee is definitely one of them yeah. i am shook shooketh to my core about damien lee in a, the best way possible like i am so glad that he's wearing a son's uniform this year he has been a pleasant surprise to say the least i'm sorry to get us on topic again this is an interesting question is the Grinch considered Xmas music? As the Grinch, do you like the Grinch song? No. Or is it still Christmas music? It's that's, all bad. That's interesting. Mr. Grinch. It's all like bad. your theme song. It's all so annoying. It's just horrible. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> do you like Christmas movies? Um, no, not that's really. unbelievable. They're so cheesy. The I can Grinch, tell you what's going to happen. A Charlie Brown Christmas? The Charlie Brown Christmas tree? What are we talking about? The Grinch is fine. I'll watch a the Christmas Grinch, story. But I've seen it so many times. I wasn't allowed to watch the Grinch. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> if you don't know, if you guys don't know, if you haven't been watching this show for a while, Tristan was the most sheltered child on the face of the planet. So. There's this song where what's her face, Cindy Lou Who, had sang the "Where Are You Christmas" song, and my mom was where like, "That's horrible." <laughs> The oh, most sheltered child I've ever met in my life. <laughs> All right, moving on. Elf is a great mo movie. Yeah. Um. Oh my gosh. Okay, we're we gonna boycott get... if she hates Elf. I, Elf is fine. Don't shoot me. I've seen it enough to not want to watch it again. That's crazy. But it is a good movie. I'm just. I'm not. This I don't. I don't need to watch it ever again. Have you but seen I like it's it. a Wonderful Life? I can't straighten my head. Yes, I've seen all of them. Against my will, but yes, I have. Um, the elf, elf right. is funny. It's funny. I'm just not going to watch it again, okay? Jeez, don't cancel me. All right, moving on. <laughs> All right, next question. Sean, is it better for you to pick the questions? or uh, You can tell me what you want, and I okay. can find it. I when label. will the NCAA drop? the inevitable sanctions hammer on ASU for all of their COVID recruiting violations under Herm. And when that does happen, will they fire Ray Anderson for lack of institutional control? That is Todd in Phoenix asking a two-part question. Mac, do you want to take a first crack at this? Yeah, I mean, um, I don't really know if it's necessarily going to be a hammer. I think the... The sanctions, I think they've already received a couple, right? They've imposed the 12 scholarship reductions, um, and they've had other recruiting sanctions as well. So, um, so I, that was so we, I was trying to make a case. Um, you're, I messed you up. I set you up for failure on that oh, one. Thanks. So, this that was Tennessee that we were comparing. Oh, to. okay. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so yeah, so they have not done 
any self-imposed sanctions. So you can make a case as to like, why haven't they done that? Because if you compare it to Tennessee, who basically got cracked for the same Same exact thing. Which, if people don't know, is is essentially having recruits on campus during the COVID recruiting debt period. Correct. Which is what most schools did. Um, And so they went ahead and are like, okay, we're going to self-impose 12 scholarship uh, reductions, and then we're going to self-impose other recruiting restrictions on us. We saw something similar happen to U of A uh, when their basketball program was in hot water and they decided they were going to place a postseason ban on themselves mm-hmm. and kind of get ahead of what was to come because then you could also make a case of like listen we've already paid our dues or paid some of our dues and therefore eh, maybe you should be a little lighter on us or we can just say you've done enough and we can just move on um and so we haven't seen ASU do that. And but to be fair, none of the <clears throat> none of the coaches that were here when that was going on are here anymore. With the exception of, of Sean Aguano. Yes, with the exception fair, of Sean But he was Aguano. just running backs coach at that but, time. But that's the that's the same situation over at Tennessee as well. So I just think it's interesting. I, I feel like ASU had an opportunity to get ahead of this that coming into this year because what were really the expectations of this season? We've known that Herm Edwards was just – he wasn't the future, right? Like it was, we didn't maybe know that he was going to get fired exactly when he was going to get fired after having an atrocious loss at the beginning of the year, but it's just probably going to be his last year if he did finish out the season. So why not go into it and just self-impose a few things? Yeah. And you're going to have recruiting issues anyway this season or in the off season or whatever because you've got this thing hanging over you anyway why don't you just self-impose and try to get ahead of it and they haven't done that and i don't know if that's going to backfire or if this whole thing's just kind of going to kind of go away but it's still looming so i don't know what's going to happen yeah i don't know what's going to happen either i have a feeling that it's i don't know i don't know i'm i uh, it's, a, it's a tough call because Um, I think ASU could have helped themselves out if they had done the self-imposed sanction route, but obviously they didn't. So I don't know if that is going to be in the back of the NCAA's mind when they're deciding what they want to do to ASU or if they if that didn't make any difference at all. I I generally don't know, but um, I don't when it comes to Ray Anderson, because there was a second part of that question, um, if they're going to fire Ray Anderson for his lack of institutional control. I also don't I don't know if you will or if you can't like. I think, like, I think Ray Anderson is in a good place right now because everyone's really excited about his Kenny Dillingham hire. And, um, you know, I think the narrative has kind of been pushed away from him in in, in a sense. So I don't really know exactly what is going to happen. It's interesting because, I mean, you look at Tennessee, they managed to avoid getting um charged with lack of institutional control in part because of a like you mentioned the self-imposed uh scholarship restrictions and stuff like that but they also like the the ncaa went out of their way to basically compliment tennessee on the extent to which they cooperated with the investigation yeah so that's one thing that asu could do to kind of help themselves out but the funny thing is is if they had imposed self like self-imposed a bull ban and a scholarship ban, you know what would be different? Literally nothing, because they didn't make a bowl, and That's they didn't use all their scholarships. Like, they had no one sign. And they're so, liter- they, they're, the expectations weren't there either. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess maybe they could come out now and be like, hey, I don't know if you knew this, but we imposed a, we imposed a bowl ban last year. That's why we weren't in a bowl. Um, it is going to be very interesting, but like you said, I don't expect much of anything to happen. Like, there's not a whole lot that came out of the Tennessee thing. Um 
I just, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be that, that big of a deal, to be quite honest. There's going to be some stuff, but the fact that all the coaches are gone, I think, is, is very big. Uh, yeah. I think that is going to soften the blow of any punishment that does come. Yeah, absolutely. Um, people in the comments are being very funny today. Uh, <laughs> um, ASU had dropped punishment on themselves for keeping Anderson from Brian. Um, that's a funny one. <laughs> Geoff saying, uh, isn't having Herm as your coach for four years enough of a punishment? Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, and I also, to add to that last question, um, about Ray Anderson, I think when it comes to ASU and I think when it comes to any Pac-12 school, what do they tout? It's like we're more than just football, right? And we were we're an Olympic conference and the conference you, of champions in the conference of champions. But that we promote here on the in this you know side of the country more than just football, right? Like so, when you take a look at what Ray Anderson's done, he has. Uh, had big accomplishments in other sports. You just take a look at what he's done with ASU hockey. Mm -hmm. And so I think that his resume extends far beyond just football. And I think that since we're not an SEC school, like that flies for us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You just, you hammered, you hit, and you speak in my language, Cherson, because that's one thing I've tried to drive home to ASU fans is that, I understand there's frustration with the football team, but there's a- other Ray sports, Anderson has yeah. not done a bad job as athletic director. Everything else has been successful. And a lot of the credit of like getting the Coyotes deal negotiated with Mullet yeah. relies lies on example. Ray Anderson's shoulders. I, I like that's think- huge for ASU. Like I know it looks bad for the Coyotes and it's not great for the NHL, but for a collegiate hockey program to be sharing an arena with a yeah. NHL team, like that's well, huge and even for ASU. Getting hockey to be an NCAA yeah, sport. Well, and also yeah, and then like building that relationship with the Coyotes. So like if the Coyotes Tempe Arena deal happens and then ASU basketball can move in there, like and they decide that they can share that with the ASU basketball team because the hockey arena went so well like that's also huge and that'll be another notch that Ray Anderson has on his belt like yeah Joe does make the point that hockey wouldn't exist without the mullet family so it was kind of a gift to him but I I do think that they're sitting here and pretending that Ray Anderson is just a bad AD is just like downright disrespectful to all the other teams like we don't have one of the best wrestling programs in the country swimming track and field triathlon triathlon. they're like six times yeah like Basically, every program, with the exception of the biggest, no, no, most important. every program right now, I would argue, is on is on a trajectory is in the is going in the right direction. Yeah, the ASU Softball basketball might team, be the one men's basketball team, looks yeah. incredible. But like baseball's gotten better. Baseball was one yeah. of this pro, this school's legacy programs, and it was bad for a while. But now they have a, a program legend coaching them. Like they, I, I think he's doing all the right things. Yeah, baseball's definitely back on the right track. Like they didn't have any alumni involvement when um, what's his nuts was here. Um, HK, who cares? Yeah, HK, who cares? <laughs> well, who? Uh, the the other uh, Tracy Smith. They didn't have any alumni involvement from anyone basically when Tracy Smith was head coach. Like the there was a bunch of negativity surrounding that program, and it's like gotten that. so much better now that Willie's there. They've gotten so much more alumni involved. They got so many more donors involved. Like it's crazy with the also, baseball basketball program, is nine so. and one right now. Yeah, basketball is nine, nine and one. one. Um, Women's basketball not doing great, but we got a new coach. <laughs> it's a, it's a rebuild. Yes, it's a rebuild. Um, so yeah, I don't know. The Ray thing is a little hard. Obviously, the Herm hire wasn't great, and you could point to nepotism or whatever with that whole now, ordeal. If but this, Kenny thing doesn't go right, uh, he needs to be exiled from the state because um, <laughs> that, that that's his last chance. This has to go relatively. There well. also has to be a grace period. Like no, his first yeah, year, like be... I don't know what to expect from his Arizona. first year because he's so young, and this recruiting thing is going to be interesting to see how ASU can kind of salvage themselves. So, I mean, ASU has to. Be it's hard graceful. to. 
hire a college football coach. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's really hard to get just that re- right. Just remember, it, and once Kenny Dillingham goes, misses a bowl for five straight years, and you're like, ah, fire Ray Anderson. What? Misses a bowl. Oh, misses a bowl. For five straight years, and everyone's like, ah, Ray Anderson. Remember that you're, you're lying to yourself because you also thought the Kenny Dillingham hire was good. I'm not talking <laughs> to either of you. I'm talking to the viewers. You thought the Kenny Dillingham hire was good. So if you're going to sit here and complain later on, look yourself in the mirror. Yes. Uh, talking about ASU... Uh, Fires me up, but it also sometimes stresses me out, which is why OGs are perfect. Uh, um, if you also want to get in on this OGs action, which I can't recommend enough because they are the best tasting THC scratch made gummies in the state of Arizona, then you've got to go to your local dispensary and pick some up. I highly recommend the orange creamsicle flavor. It is my absolute favorite, but they have also they have also a ton of other great flavors as well. They have microdose options in the three milligram version. So if you don't want to like jump off the deep end with a 10 milligram, the um, microdose options are great. They have sleep edition gummies now that help you stay asleep, fall asleep and stay asleep. And they're also delicious. They're aqua berry flavored. So, you know, they've got everything for anyone and whatever you might need in the THC world. And I can't recommend them enough. They taste incredible. I'm going to throw Sean under the bus a little bit, but while we were show prepping yesterday, Sean comes into the office and he's like, hey, uh, I'm going to go see Black Panther. Max, do you have any OG's gummies? (laughs) That is true. And we're going to see Black Panther today. So still needs those OG's gummies. Um, Max isn't in the office. I might have to go snooping. Um, Max Max has OG's stash everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But if you are going to partake in the OG's fun and you find them at your local dispensary, you must be 21 years or older to enjoy. And that's that. All right. Let's get into our next question. Um, we're going to do a little holiday, a little holiday section here. So uh, Charles Woodall Pike coming in with a great question. Besides a championship, if all the Arizona teams were making their holiday wish list, what would be their number one thing each team would ask for right now? Great question. Freaking love it. Thank you, Charles Woodall Pike. Um, the Cardinals. Let's start with the Cardinals because we haven't talked about the Cardinals yet. I think this one's pretty easy. If I were making a wish list for the Cardinals, the number one thing and the only thing I would put up on it is a new head coach. <laughs> That is the most glaring thing. I you can also, I mean, yeah, that's and a new GM. Thing. You can a new GM. I was about to say. say you could add an, a new GM. I was, I was, a, I was a pretty humble kid when I was younger. I know that saying you're humble is like the least humble thing ever, but I would never. I didn't like asking my my mom for big things. I knew she was a hardworking woman, had three two other kids to pay for. So I, I'll take the coach. But if she surprised me with like the big flat screen TV and fired the GM, I wouldn't complain about it. See, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like. Uh, they're both so equally bad, but I feel like a coach, I just, for me personally, I just want a new coach. Like I know the GM is also not great and I would also love a new GM, but for right now, I just want to see a new coach in there. Do you hire, (laughs) do you trust the GM to make that? No. So, okay. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll switch it around. Um, Tristan, what would be your number one thing for the Cardinals wish list? Yeah, for me, I would take either one of them, but I just, they need a new head coach. Like, there is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, gotta make a coaching change, and so, like, that for me is, like, number one for the Cardinals. I will also say that when I was younger, you know, you get clothes for Christmas, and it's cool, but you want toys. Now I am older, and if someone gets me clothes for Christmas, I very much appreciate it, so let's get some new jerseys. Oh, Please. yeah, that's a good one. That would be yeah. the third thing. Yeah, oh new Cardinals gosh. jerseys for sure. Why do I just feel like we talk about this every, every time? Because it yeah. is the most 
it is the easiest fix. Like I understand firing your GM and your coach and your quarterback, all that, pretty difficult. A lot of money tied in. Just get new jerseys. Make everybody happy for a little bit. Everyone, everyone will forget about it. That will forget it's about like the coach. Putting for a lipstick bit. on a pig, but I'll take it. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> At least the pig is prettier. Um. Yeah. So if we're making a list for the Cardinals this holiday season, we're going to be putting a new head coach, a new general manager, and some new uniforms on the list for the Cardinals. I think that's a pretty good list. Um. Moving right along to the Coyotes. Um, and you guys can play along with us, too, in the comments. Drop what you would wish for for your teams as well. Um, for the Coyotes, for me, the most important thing that I would want to ask Santa for for the Coyotes is just, like, the arena to be done, built, ready to go. They can start playing in it this season because I am so this- tired. Yes, I am so tired of Canadian hockey fans saying that we're a poverty franchise and we play in a a barn smaller than their hockey team in Minnesota, their high school hockey team in Minnesota. Like, I don't care. I'm tired of it. I'm so done. Like, I just wanted the Coyotes Arena to be done, built. They can move in there, and it can be amazing, and we're ready to go. So that's my wish I for the Coyotes. I just simply want it to get past and <laughs> them to just put a shovel in the ground and start moving toward it, which... Hey, we're, we're really asking Santa for anything. You can go You can go hypothetical. You can go big. Clear. I understand that, clearly, because <laughs> that arena is definitely not going to be built by next season but i am thinking uh, my approach was just a little more realistic i just want to make sure that they do have a home in the next few years and that we are heading in the right direction because if for some reason the residents do not pass this in may do i think that the coyotes have a backup plan absolutely you have to you have to when it comes to business but They've got a backup plan. I hope so. I don't know. I'm a little nervous about a backup plan. Could you imagine May comes, the boat fails, and they're like, no, no, we're talking about a franchise that got kicked out of their arena in Glendale and didn't have anywhere to go. Yeah, but you're, you're giving... You're they not had giving, nowhere you're not to go. The city of Glendale enough blame. They in had this situation. to like fit foes so hard when Glendale evicted them. Like it was unreal. Like there was like the Tempe Memorial, the Memorial Coliseum. Like oh shit. Like are we gonna like try different like arenas around the valley? Like what are like Tucson? Like it was scary. So I, forgive me for not thinking they have a backup plan. First off, <laughs> these people are businessmen through and through, and they are not gonna set themselves up in a situation where they are caught with their pants down in May yeah. and have. Have no idea of what they're gonna do. Also, also, even if this thing fails in May, they still have two to three years yeah. left in mullet, so they have time to figure out a plan if they mm. don't for there's some reason have one. Plan. But I have a saying. hard time. We don't know about it, but there's another plan. There's a backup um, plan. To get back to the coyotes question though, I'm gonna be generous with my Christmas wish, do a little, you know, holiday charity, and all I want for Christmas is a goaltender for the Anaheim Ducks so they can get out of our fucking way. <laughs> the Anaheim Ducks need to be better so we can tank harder. Um, I'm, just, I love I'm, just, that. I'm just in a very giving mood. I don't want anything for us. I just want something for them. Okay, yeah. Um, is it Jeff or Geoff? It's if, Jeff. It's, it's, it's Geoff. Jeff. And also, it's a German name. It's Jeff. It's Jeff. And also, I want to address this because we have we have before and y'all forgot. Uh, where is it? The name that's backwards. It's Ted Lubin. He just okay, has his yes. text. Okay. Well, right anyway, he, can you scroll oh, back down, please, producer? Geoff. Um, <laughs> I'm going to keep calling him Geoff. I don't care. <laughs> Coyotes yeah. need to find money for Austin Matthews. Yeah, that would be another thing I would put on their Christmas wish list would be uh, securing Austin Matthews when they that's, get their new arena. You, you got, that, that's for a different Christmas. That's, that's for like the for n- that's for like Christmas in like four years. Yeah, Bedard would be a good one. Just like guaranteed Bedard. Um, shout out to AJ Hayfley. He is the DNVR Avalanche reporter from our sister station in denver thanks for watching aj i thanks miss for you laughing at us um yeah aj loves laughing at the coyotes 
It's like his favorite pastime in the whole world. Obviously, he has this sweet life by covering a cha- uh, Stanley Cup champion team. Uh, shout out to the Avs. But we're not all as fortunate. We're not okay? all as fortunate as you are, AJ. Okay, but we're we working with what we got. Coyotes. We love our hockey in the desert, okay? I was going to try and them. talk shit by saying how the Broncos doing, but that some people will be catching some strays if I were to be doing that. Yeah, I don't even go there. <laughs> um, we're not even going to talk about it. All right. Um, Suns. Someone already said what I was going to say. I was going to say, Katie, just get Katie to the Valley. Bring Katie here right now, right freaking now. Give me Kevin Durant or give me death. Um, I, I wish Kevin Durant for the Suns. <laughs> I was, yeah, was going to say just... I was going to be a what little more realistic. They're getting he death. He said they're getting death. Uh, um, Espo does not believe the the uh, Suns will be getting Kevin Durant. Another guard, maybe. Something. Another what? A guard. Well, a guard? I wouldn't have said guard. I was all for this power forward. But now Chris Paul is, you know, like. You guys are thinking too small. Not that I don't small. like campaign, but geez, I'm not thinking small. I'm being realistic. You can ask Santa for anything. Yeah, but he's not going to bring you everything. You start, yeah, that's how you make the Christmas list. You start with like, oh, I want the unicorn, I want a truck, and then I also want like a, a, a t-shirt. That's true. Like that's you, a good way you, to start. You put it. the okay. big stuff top, and then you got to work your way down to the more real. Um, I know this isn't real, but the other thing I was going to ask for for the Suns because I'm just playing in the very hypothetical game here is just anti-injury players for the rest of the season. Like, no more injuries. How about a great owner? No more injuries. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, a, a new owner that's amazing. They need one of those for sure. You know what? I like that one. What? You're going to go with a new owner a for the owner. Suns? Not a new owner. They're going to get a new owner. A great, a great owner. owner. There you go. That is a good one. I love that. Um, They definitely need that as well. So we're going to go Kevin Durant. <laughs> no injuries for the rest of the season and a new a great owner specifically. And Boosty says wish an MVP season from Booker, but what he's he's already on that trajectory like he's he has he's an mvp caliber caliber player in general mm-hmm. um although uh the the game against boston didn't do him any favors in that uh category because of who he was up against but what does that do for the suns if devin booker gets an mvp nod it doesn't do anything for them so but uh... boosty you can ask for whatever you want I mean, I'm also happy with Devin Booker getting an MVP award. Like that's not that's not what I'm asking for, though. <sighs> yeah, I, that's not the top of my priority list. It would be great to see because recognition is deserved there. Um, all right, let's round this out with the Diamondbacks. For me, for the Diamondbacks, I'm asking for a brand new, fully loaded, souped out, foolproof <laughs> bullpen. <laughs> Inject it. For the love of God, can we please have a competent bullpen this next season? I swear to all things good and holy, if I have to watch another Diamondback season where they're actually like mildly pretty competitive and their bullpen blows it like night in and night out, I'm going to lose my mind. Bullpen scarred me. I can't. I can't do it. There's legitimate emotional trauma. I can't do it. They the the Diamondbacks lost like a good chunk of their games solely because of the bullpen. Only and truly only because of the bullpen. So if I have to suffer through another season like that again, I'm going to lose my mind. I don't I can't. want that for Tori. I can't. Yeah. I can't. I can't. Oh my Shout God. out Mariah Carey. I don't want a lot for Christmas. All I want. I don't need, I don't I don't need a good bullpen. I just need a bullpen that's not god awful. Like just like record bad bullpen. I need just a, a semi okay like me Mac and Shirson out there like, throwing. 
I need like five to eight incredible lights out bullpen pitchers to heal the emotional trauma that I suffered. That's, that's I thought you were going to say like like outings. And I was like, no, no, a, no, no, no pitchers. I'm talking like fully souped up, decked out, ready to go. Never going to fail. All star. All star freaking bullpen. And all of our all star representatives are bullpen pitchers. <laughs> like that is what I want to see for the Diamondbacks. Um no, just kidding. Obviously, they need a couple other things. They need a catcher. They need a right-handed power batter. They, they need, need someone to starting take pitcher. Madison they need a, yes. out to Oh my god. Okay, that's gonna be my second thing. Anybody, literally anyone, to replace Madison Bumgarner? Like, please, can we send Madison Bumgarner off into the sunset? Shirtless Derek are out here somewhere. Early retirement. I, I don't care. Just I'm sorry, Madison Bumgarner. I'm warming up the bullpen cart. I'm coming to pick you up. I'm driving you out of town and I'm dropping you off at the nearest like horse ranch at, outside uh, of the city limits. Buffalo like, chip in um, yeah. Cave Creek. <laughs> Have at it. They've got uh, some nights they've got amateur bull riding, although he's a pro, so he doesn't I've, even need that. Well, if he needs pro bull riding, Gila River Arena, that's all they got going. Gila River. There you or, go. Excuse me, Desert Diamond. Desert Diamond now. Yeah, literally anything besides Madison Bumgarner in the bullpen. Like, whatever we have to do to fix it, we're going to, like, it needs to be fixed. Um, the good thing, though, is, like, their outfield looks amazing, and they've Google. got uh, they've got lots of exciting young guys up there. So, at least we've got that going for us. <laughs> um, honorable uh, mentions, bring back the teal and yes, purple. Yes, bring back teal and purple. And mm-hmm. bring back Catel Marte's talent. Not sure where that went. Yep, that would be um, good, Also, too. maybe get them just, like, working hamstrings. Okay. Any of that. Those are good. Anything Working else you'd like trains. to add? Yeah. Just I, I also think about covered all of it. <laughs> um, I also wouldn't mind a new owner, but lots of discussion for another day. Um, anything else? <laughs> no, Love now that. We've really covered all of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we got the Diamondbacks covered for Christmas. Um, let's do another holiday question from Elizabeth. Who's getting Cole in their stocking for being the biggest villain of the year towards an Arizona player or? team um i think this one's pretty easy for us yeah i think we have the same i don't even want to say his name for more than two minutes so let's just say pat bev um patrick if anyone's a hoe i think it's pat bev but yeah that's also a good one the thing is yeah pat bev's annoying but also lakers are are trash i mean they've been kind of good recently to me it's luca luca is the king hoe you're giving luca cole yeah that's fine that's fair Pepev's like an annoying little brother. He's gonna bother you, but he's not really in your way. Yeah, but Luca consistently. Pat Bev like, was the annoying little brother before, but now he plays for the Lakers and he's like this I, horrendous. I, one crossed the line, and one's just a competitor that gets under our skin because he. Well, there's the there's the, okay there's the the draft thing that I won't get into that gets under people's skin, but then also it just gets under our skin because he's good in general. But and like that, <laughs> and I'm one of those people. But Pat Bev crossed the line, and that is something that I can't. Can't forgive. forgive. Yeah. yeah. Um, and fair. also, Pat Bev sucks, and Luca is very fair. good. So it's a little bit easier to. At um, least you can enjoy watching Luca. Yeah. At <laughs> least Luca is good and can back up anything that he does on the court. Patrick Beverly is washed and horrible and not very good. So Patrick Beverly is worse, in my opinion. Patrick Peterson, um, honorable mention. Yes. Will saying Patrick Peterson definitely getting Cole from Santa this year from Arizona sports fans. I also, Absolutely. I also want to give Cole to. The entire city of Glendale. Well, not the entire city. There's some good people there. The, the, the city of Glendale is just like politicians, I guess. Uh, um, city, wait, say that sentence again. City of Glendale's politicians. Just anybody involved mm. with anything that had to do with the arena situation. Glendale deserves. Mm, I mean, to be fair, the Coyotes did kind of screw themselves <laughs> over in that situation. No, they did. But also the Glen- Glendale didn't help. I mean, if I was Glendale, I also would have evicted the Coyotes. 
they weren't paying their rent or their taxes. Like you got to go. Like you got to pay your rent and you got to pay your taxes. Like if you're not, don't mess with my bag. Get out. <laughs> so I would have done the same. Oh, oh, oh. Give Herm Edwards coal. Yeah. He deserves it. Yep. We can he give Herm some coal. Is, that makes me sad, though, because I love Herm as a human being. He's a good person. I but like Even it. good people mess up sometimes. Um, Someone said give Michael Bidwell coal for those five-year extensions. I... I'm so pro that. I absolutely agree. Michael Bidwell is getting coal this year because those extensions is. were ridiculous. Give all of them coal. Not earned in the slightest. So um, I agree with you on that. Anyone else getting coal from us oh, this oh, year? Teams? Uh, um, ooh, teams? Yeah. Anyone that personally the victimized Dodgers? us? Just always. Effort? The Dodgers always get yeah. coal. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. The Dodgers, the Lakers. The oh, in there? Jacob Chikrin? Oh, mm-hmm. he deserves he deserves coal. He's he's yeah. been playing well recently, which is good because it boosts because his trade he wants value. Out? But yeah, he's kind of been he's kind of been a little bit of a meanie head. A meanie head, a little bit. Yeah. Now you're you're trying to wear off on me, Cheriston. I'm trying to be I'm trying to be a good person. <laughs> oh, um. I, I, I was I was just about to say, man, I'm going to start using that word. <laughs> Oh, Jay Crowder. Boosie said oh, Jay Crowder. Yeah, yes. Yeah, Thank yeah, you, yeah, Boosie. Yeah. That's a good one. Jay Crowder should get some coal, too. That was that whole thing is so ridiculous. Like, I still can't believe that we're dealing with those social media posts. But uh, welcome to the age of social media. Um, um, Sean, are you getting coal or cash this week with Underdog Fantasy? Well, I'm, getting, I'm getting cash. I've been on a little bit of a burner recently putting money on some things getting some more money back you know that's how i do um but yeah i'm i'm about to make some money i'm about to make some money tonight on the underdog underdog fantasy app what you got going on tonight oh well sons or yotes or both um i'm gonna stay or neither i'm going to stay away from the sons for right now but i i well the yotes game but not on the yotes i'm i'm, I'm gonna be rocking Uh-oh. with some some boston bruins props um first Pick them higher on David Passionate goals on a half. I think they're going to run all over this team. Maybe go higher on Patrice Berger on shots. Um, higher on Jacob Chikrin shots, though, because he's been playing very well, like I said. Um, they don't have anything for any of the goalies. But if it was, take the, the the Bruins goalies lower on shots or lower on saves. Coyotes goalies higher on saves because that's just how Coyotes games go. Yeah. I feel like Coyotes games tend to be a little predictable, so you can make some good money on it. I agree. Very predictable. They were a little more predictable at the start of the season when they were like on a hot streak there. Um, But they're usually usually the over under in general. If you're talking about goals scored, um, you're going to put money down on any sort of goal scored uh, or higher or lower on goals scored. Rather, Um, that's always a way to go when it comes to the Coyotes, because there's always one one team or another. There's going to be goal scored. Um, but if you want to get in on the action, it's easy to get started. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with promo code PHNX and Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. Dude, I don't know what it is about the people that watch our show, but they are so funny. I can't with the comments. Um, scroll up a little bit, Sean. Elizabeth saying weenie heads definitely deserve coal. Wait, Jeff well, saying, head or meanie head? I weenie said head. Mean, okay. I said meanie head. But look but look what Jeff back. said. Jeff said chicken is a cotton-headed niggy one. <laughs> <laughs> have you do you know what that's from <laughs> yeah it's from elf okay, oh my god sure so funny everyone coming up with different things to say besides moments. bad names um some other honorable mentions for cole we've got sarver that's a good one um scroll up a little bit and all other az media outlets from brian oh thanks brian we agree ours is the best <laughs> um yeah love that okay all right um let's go to our next question 
be this one's from low tone capone speaking of the cardinals do the cardinals have any chance to finish the season on a high note or has there just been too much damage from cliff or anyone else that staff slash players to overcome oh that's a good question low tone capone i there is a chance there is a chance that they end the season on a high note if they can somehow get it together and pull some string some wins together uh, with the limited games that they have left uh, coming off this by. Will they? I don't really have faith. Um, yeah, I feel like I feel like I want to reframe this question because there's always a chance. Yeah, and whether we have faith that they will is a totally different situation. I'm gonna go ahead and say no. <laughs> um, I don't think that there's anything really that can happen that will end the season on a high note for the Cardinals. I mean, like are forgetting something pretty big. Hmm. They could fire their coach. Well, that's we're uh. going to get to that in a second. <laughs> Don't get too far ahead of yeah, us. Yeah, but do you think that's going to be like... A high note? Like, I think that's a high note. In my uh, opinion. At this point, I think it's a high note. No, no, I disagree. Um, I just think that we came into the season with expectations here, and the Cardinals have performed here. And even if they string some wins together, there's nothing that's going to get this team back up to here. Because I don't know about you guys, but my expectations coming into the season were at least making it to the second round of the third round of the playoffs. Um, And considering that they're not even going to make it to the playoffs at all this year is sad. I remember I remember people saying that they were once they got like Hollywood, that they were legit Super Bowl contenders. And that's why I refuse to drink the Kool-Aid with this team. Like, I was not even ready to nearly touch that. But there were high expectations. and Super high expectations. We we saw it continue. We saw it start to unravel. Like, obviously, you can say it bleeds into last the way that last season ended. But even if you say, okay, well, that was last year. It was a completely different season. With all the stuff that happened in the offseason, it was a complete foreshadow of what was to come. And things never got better from there. Yeah, I mean, look, we had this offseason full of crazy drama. You all know what I'm talking about. We don't need to rehash when that. When does it stop? And then we had Cliff and Kime both getting extensions. And then a couple months later, Kyler got the extension that he so badly wanted. Okay, so we're coming into the season. Everyone's locked up. Everybody has a contract. Like, time to deliver. Time to put up or shut up. And they shut up. They did not <laughs> deliver in the slightest on any of our expectations in any way, shape, or form. And this whole season has so, been the biggest flop of all time. I would say lost to the Patriots, although they are not the Patriots of old. I would say... The Broncos is a winnable game. I would say the Bucks, they're not gonna win. I would say the Falcons. No, yeah. I don't know about that one. And then Niners lose. Yeah. Well, so I wanted to for, well first I need to y'all weren't supposed to see bubble me. I figured out a way I can be on the screen while I'm also on the screen, but now oh, you get look bubble at you. Screen, so. bubble shot. So you are on the screen. I, I am on the sure screen. I was, okay. Yeah, no, I messed up the last time they saw me. They weren't supposed to see me, but now here we are. Bubble the shot. ominous man behind um, the computer. Hi, Bubble Sean. Hi, Bubble Sean. <laughs> um I wanted You're like that, the good witch. So yeah. go into the good witch in the bubble. <laughs> um I got I have like an angel and a devil on my shoulder. Y'all can decide who is who. Um but I wanted to ask Boosie's question. It is a good chance to end it, but do you want them to end on a high note? Do you want to give them a little bit of reason to think that that maybe Cliff is the guy, maybe Kime's not that bad, and also I guess get a worse draft pick? Um, do you want them to end on a high note at this point? That's a good point. 
Um, if I consider, if I take into consideration, like if ending on a good note puts doubt into the mind of Bidwell on making a decision on the future of his GM and the coach, then no, I want them to spark like spectacularly crash and burn this season. If that is what it takes for Bidwell to look at that decision that he made and those extensions and say, "Mm, I made a mistake. I'm going to let you guys go. Um, so if that's what it takes, then I'm happy with them crashing and burning because I think Boosie brings up a great point. The worst thing that could possibly happen is they finish the season on a high note and that create creates enough doubt for Michael Bidwell to be like, okay, well maybe we can take this momentum going into next season and I don't need to make any big changes. I don't need to address anything. We're going to take that positive and just let it ride. So-, so it depends what your definition of a high note is as well. Like Sean obviously mentioned firing their head coach, but I've heard it said many times over again that ending on a high note would simply be Kyler Murray performing his butt off and just giving us confidence that he truly is the guy and he is the person that we thought he like had the potential to be or the quarterback rather. And so some people might just say, you know what, if Kyler Murray can kind of write his ship personally and ball out for the rest of the season, and we feel really good about who we have at quarterback moving forward and moving into next season, um, then like that's ending on a high note. So it's, it, it is it wins and losses for you or yeah. is it something else? Yeah, I guess it depends on what your definition of what a high note is. Um, I could definitely get on the bandwagon of, Kyler Murray at least putting us to bed with our doubts by balling out. And if that results in losses, that's fine. Like, whatever. At least we can have some hope in our quarterback going into next season. But I just, like, this is hard for me to talk about because I genuinely, like, I didn't drink the Kool-Aid, but I wanted the Cardinals to be so good. Like, I wanted it so bad for them. And I've just been so majorly disappointed. And it freaking sucks to feel this way. Like, I'm not a fan of being disappointed by this NFL team. So, uh. well, you hate to see like any team go through as much like internal turmoil as well. Like yeah. you just, regardless of how frustrated you are with the team's performance. And I think maybe we saw this too with a little bit with like with hard knocks and Buda Baker pouring his heart out to the team. You just like, you don't want to see the, the mis- some of the misconduct and the firings and then the losses and then, uh, you know, guys taking it more seriously than other guys and hard knocks has been a fucking disaster. Yeah, that was yeah, which I, anyway, yeah, it's it's I just feel for the guys as a whole. And I even feel for like Cliff. I know people are like, oh, but he sucks and this or that or whatever. Like I genuinely I don't want to see any franchise go through this kind of turmoil in general yeah um well speaking of cliff uh our friend dario asked us who is the cardinals coach next year um i feel pretty comfortable saying that i believe it's still going to be cliff kingsbury as much as i don't want that to be the case and i hate saying that with every fiber of my being and it makes me want to cry um i just don't think we are I don't think okay listen like if they let Cliff go if they fire Cliff like that is going to look so bad on Michael Bidwell it's gonna make him look like he doesn't know what he's doing and I obviously don't know Michael Bidwell personally but I'm assuming that's not a shot to his ego that he's willing to take right now so I think if keeping Cliff keeps his (laughs) ego intact I think he'll keep him so and also, too, like, you have the whole issue of the contract and the money that he's owed. Like, 
it doesn't seem like a lot of money, but also too like comparatively, he, he they, Cliff doesn't have a big money deal. Yeah, comparatively, he doesn't. So, it, it, like he, I don't think he can use the excuse of not wanting to burn that money to not let him go. But I just don't think he's gonna want to. I don't know. Well, I just don't see thing. him swallowing that pill. Kool Aid has Bidwell drank his drank the Kool Aid of like Cliff's not the problem, or and like really believes that. Or has he been able to kind of see the light and realize that, okay, maybe Cliff's not the guy. So, like, I don't know where what his perception is of what's going wrong. Obviously, you're always going to put blame on your head coach. But is he looking at it and saying, like, okay, well, you know, we had a lot of injuries. A lot of, like, other factors have played into the poor performances this season so I don't think it all rides on Cliff I just I think he deserves another shot I believe in where he can take this team or like has he completely seen through it and been like yeah we need better leadership this is unacceptable a lot of this is a trickle effect from our head coach down and um you know I don't know how he's thinking yeah I don't know how he's thinking but I think I feel pretty good certain in my opinion like if i if you're like okay you got to put money on it one way or another it will cliff be the head coach next year i would say yeah i would put my money on cliff being the head coach next yeah year. i agree um i think there's a lot of other external factors that play into it too i know a couple people mentioned sean payton in the comments i think that's a little bit of a long shot just because um obviously he retired on his deal with the saints so if we were to get him we would owe money more money to the saints uh, we would have to pay the Saints, and then also we would have to pay Sean Payton, and then also we would owe Cliff whatever is written in his contract. So that's a pretty deep money hole that you're digging for yourself. And, and he, does he want to come here? And does he want to come here? Like I don't think the Cardinals have given him any reason to really want to come here. Um, and also he lives in Los Angeles. Well, he's, he's got a relationship with the Bidwells, and a little <clears> bit of <throat> dating back to when his to his college days, a connection to the team, not not the Arizona Cardinals, but the Cardinals in general. So there's a little bit of that which people are hanging all of their hope on. These these connections from a long time ago means that he's going to want to come here. But when it, I think for any coach, you should look at it, especially if his caliber, um, you should take a look at, well, do I feel like I'm going to be set up for success yeah. here? And so you take a look at, just all of those types of things is do, do the Cardinals have a track record of putting their head coaches in a position to succeed? Yeah. And I think that above anything else is uh, should be your biggest factor when you're choosing, especially because he's in the, he's in a position where he can choose. Yeah. And he he's been linked to, to the uh, Los Angeles chargers as well. And he lives in LA. So obviously there's a little bit more to work with over there. So there's just a lot of like variables when it comes to uh, Sean Payton. And I just don't know if the money pit is going to be worth what they're going to have to dig themselves out of. But I guess we'll see um, if you want to put your money down on something because you're in the betting mood. Head on over to the DraftKings Sportsbook app and get in on some betting action. There is a lot of NBA stuff that you can put your money on right now, which I definitely would recommend getting in on. I think it makes watching basketball more enjoyable. Yeah, um. I agree. <laughs> I was just I was getting ahead of myself a little bit because I always forget to place my bets before the games get started. And then we end up talking about it on this show and then it reminds me and then I'm like oh I should just do it right now while we're live uh doing our show but the Suns are 
uh, one and a half point favorites against the Pelicans tonight, if anyone was wondering. And they are minus 125, their money line. And I was also interested in seeing what the over-under on points for Devin Booker was tonight. And um, I clicked off of that, but I believe it was like 28 or 28 and a half, which okay. means I I hope that he's going to have a yeah, smash that tonight. over, baby. So I would take the over on that and just go all in on Devin Booker's going to help write the ship <laughs> for the Phoenix Suns and get a win and have a big night. I would love to see that. Me too. Um, if you want to get in on this action, which I highly recommend you do, download the app now. Sign up with promo code PHNX. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game, and you'll get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code PHNX. PHNX only add the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for details. All right, let's get to one, maybe two more, and then we will wrap this thing up and send you guys on to your weekend. Um, we got another ASU slash Pac-12 question. Who will win more games next season, Dion or Dillingham? Dion or Dillingham? That sounds like a rap group. <laughs> and who is better set up for success from our guy, Daniel Kasten? Um, I think this is a pretty one, pretty easy question for me to answer, but, uh, Cheers, I'll kick it over to you and see what you think. That's an easy question for you to answer. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be Dillingham by a mile and I'm not just saying that because I went to ASU and I'm an ASU girl. I just think that, um, Dillingham is taking over a program that is in a further, a long position than Colorado is going to be. And I know you know, we haven't seen the recruits yet. We don't know who, you know, Dion's going to sign, who Dillingham's going to sign. Like, there's still a lot of variables with the recruit class and stuff like that. But um, I think um, I think Dillingham is in a, a little bit better position for success. And, um, you know, I think the unknown variables about each coach kind of stack up evenly. Like, Dillingham's unknown is that he's a 32-year-old head coach, very young. Um, Dion's is that he is coming from a very small HBCU program that, um, hasn't really stacked up that can't really compare to like a power five program. So I think there's the, the unknowns to each are kind of like, meh. So then if you look at the next thing, I think Dillingham has a better, uh, chance of success with where the programs are at currently. So I think that you, I think that both of these teams are going to look wildly different next year. And so, it's hard to even say like, oh, well, one team had more success than the other. Um, and it wasn't by much. But the mo I would say a large chunk of players on both teams are not going to be uh, be there next year. So it's hard. Like, you don't know the schedule. You don't know who's going to be on the team next year, especially with Dion saying that, like, bringing my luggage. Yeah. You know, might as well <laughs> that just jump ship wild. Now. <laughs> yeah. So I think that I think it's really hard to like actually look at anything tangible other than just who you think is going to be a better coach. Um, and I think that Deion Sanders long-term ceiling is much higher than Dillingham's. And I think that Dion is going to have bring in more, um, like top tier recruits than ASU will have. And I also think that they're in a position where they could go on to have a meteoric rise over mm -hmm. in, in Boulder, or it could just crash and burn. And so it's a, it's hard to say, but I would put my money on the potential of Deion Sanders having success at this exact moment. And again, it could very much crash and burn and I don't have full faith that it won't for sure 
but I'm just going to say Deion Sanders. That's fair. I mean, if I can say one thing complimentary about Deion is I love how much this move has revitalized the Pac-12 as a conference. Um, you know, obviously Colorado was in the basement for this entire year and, um, you know, people t- talk about all the time about how Pac-12 is like the joke of the Power Five and the teams cannibalize themselves and you can never really tell who's going to have success and blah, blah, blah. But it's just cool to see uh, a Pac-12 school have so much attention. Um, and, you know, it's I, I at least I enjoy that. I don't know if I'm alone in that, but I'm just happy to see the Pac-12 kind of get a little bit of a real revitalization from Dion coming here. Um, Sean, do you have any thoughts on this? Ooh, He's itching to Baby, do I have thoughts. Um, <laughs> Bubble Sean's back. I mean, hey, Bubble Sean. You should I do mean, like a little every time you pop up. I'll, I'll make this up. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't... I, I think Dillingham is going to be better just based off where these programs were last year. And I'm also not at all convinced that Dion is going to have success at Colorado. Like, no, there's I, no guarantee. Like, I, I think the reason he... There's a lot of reasons that he had success at Jackson State that do not apply here. Like the fact that it was an HBCU, like there was something to sell there to these kids, like and also like the context of when he was there was important. Like he became the coach at Jackson State around the time of the George Floyd shooting, like at a time where there was a lot of of people who wanted to like kind of reclaim their blackness and and all of this stuff. And there was something to sell at Jackson State that he does not he no longer has at Colorado and. Like we said, like he he doesn't have any experience. He coached at the SWAC for a little bit, where you can win games based solely off of who your head coach is and like the one or two pieces of talent he was able to bring in. Because it's not like he turned this into like a power five school. They were still a SWAC school with a couple of of talent, a couple of pieces of talent that probably would not have gone to the SWAC. Otherwise, I just I get into a whole conversation about I, the Dion and the. I move, disagree but... that he doesn't have anything to sell. I think if you stuck Peyton Manning at the helm of what is Pey- has Peyton Manning ever shown that he has credentials to be a head coach? Nobody's no. freaking Peyton Manning, and he's had success in the sport. Yep. He also has a lot of connections. And do you think that Peyton Manning can, because he's had success, then put others people like that were once that he was once in their shoes in a position to succeed as well. Yeah. But that's what they said about Herm Edwards and that like, crash and burn. No, that's still Herm Edwards is totally a total. Different but it's the story. same thing though. Like ESPN, former NFL player, high profile, high energy, big personality. Well, I'm talking about somebody that's got a big time name. Deion Sanders yep. is one of the best athletes of our era in yep. general. So he says he could say, Listen, I not only have a proven track record of success in the sport, which I can then tell you and pass along to you and put you in a, a position to succeed, but I've got all of these connections, baby. And but Deion that's the Sanders same thing as Herm. Herm was like the NFL himself. model. Like, no, I'm going to bring Herm, in all these head coaches that used to be in the NFL, and we're going to sell you this NFL experience. No, we're going to set already, you up and get Herm you the connections. Coached in ten years and was old. So, it, it, but it's similar. It's similar themes. Like if you're, I know that Dion's name is way bigger. I'm not arguing with you on that. Like, yes, Dion is way, way, way bigger than Herm Edwards. But I think what they're trying to sell is the same thing. Like I played in the NFL. I'm going to bring in all these connections. I have all these coaches. I also played in the NFL. Like I have all this experience. And I'm going to help you get to the NFL. And then it just crashed and burned. Like it was a high profile hire, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like the, definitely the names are on two different levels, but they're both high profile hires and we saw what happened with Herm Edwards and you know Dion and Herm very eccentric very loud very happy like there's not a single kid who knew of Herm Edwards as a football player that would have been playing for him people know yeah. Dion Sanders I mean kids to, know Dion Sanders to be fair like I don't know Dion as a 
player. Like he, he didn't play while I've been. He, I think he well he played in like. But he played like enough that. to where people were still talking, or like uh, recent enough to where people were still talking. He was still a relevant. Yeah, yeah, athlete. yeah. People know. I but I phrase what I meant wrong. It's not that he has nothing to sell. I just think what his biggest selling point was at Jackson State and the reason he was successful there, he no longer has here. And also, like their tolerance for Dion and his antics is going to be much lower at Colorado than it is at at, at Jackson State. I agree. Like there, there is there is there's just a lot. It's going to be a very deep philosophical that conversation. That stuff only works when you're winning and as soon as it doesn't you're going to get mocked the heck that out of town. That is also the tr- that is also true. Dion's never lost. He has not lost. He has never had to be a coach while losing. So we don't know how that's going to be because they are going to lose games. They're going to lose a lot of games. This team won one last year. One conf- one conference game last year, I think. Yeah. Like, he, we don't know how that is going to go. And he's also going to have more talent. Like, there, there's just so much different about this situation that I'm not sold he's going to be successful. I'm not saying he can't be, but I, I just not sold he's going to be. And, all, like, mm, I just have a lot of problems with Dion and how this all went down, which I could be a whole other conversation I'm not going to get into right now. But I just... I just don't know that this is going to be like it's a big name. It's going to be fun, sure. I just don't know how it's going to go. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be interesting for sure. Um, we'll see how that shakes out. Um, all right. Well, on that note, <laughs> you ready to send it to the weekend? I think so. I'm ready to send it to the weekend. Uh, gonna try and golf. This oh weekend. yeah. I'm trying to have like a really low key, just fun weekend, and I was like, you know what? I'm either going to at least, I mean, potentially golf and at least hit the driving range. And you know that every time I get out there uh, on the course, I am always wearing my bad birdie gear, which, by the way, I keep saying that I see it everywhere. I was on a walk this morning, saw a guy in a bad birdie hat pass me. I mean, it's everywhere. The, the, the clothing, the accessories, including the hats, like just a so plus. Good. They've got new golf bags on their website as well, badbirdiegolf.com. Uh, the best looking golf bags you will ever see. You can use the code PHNX Bad Birdie 15 for 15% off. Again, that's badbirdiegolf.com. We here at PHNX absolutely love their clothing. And we are all going to be rocking it at our PHNX tea party. I am so freaking stoked about this, you guys. If you haven't heard, we are hosting a tea party on January 13th at 5.30 p.m. at the Dobson Ranch Driving Range. We are renting out the whole range. We're going to be having a watch party at the same time, so you're going to be able to hit some golf balls. You're going to be able to watch the Suns take on the Timberwolves. There's going to be food there. There's going to be drinks there. There's going to be swag bags. There's going to be giveaways. There's going to be so much cool stuff. We are so freaking excited about this, and you have to come you absolutely have to be there uh ticket prices are on the screen it's 45 dollars per person or if you're a diehard which if you haven't signed up to be a diehard yet you are really missing out because one of the best perks of being a diehard is you get discounted tickets to events and our diehards are only paying 36 dollars for their tickets you can register a foursome or you can also bring your kids the kids 10 and under there's gonna have a clinic they're gonna have a clinic there for kids so bring out the whole family Aww. it's gonna be a family fun event it's gonna be so much fun you guys please don't miss out on this it's our first ever tea party you can get your tickets by clicking the links in our bio or if you head on over to our events tab on our website at gophnx.com you can also click on our events calendar and get your tickets there it's going to be freaking fun as heck 
massively excited for this one. Mac, you should try and like pick up a club and. Oh, I'm going to be swinging. It's going to be yeah. horrible and it's going to be very uncoordinated yeah, and I'll probably stay, miss. <laughs> like at least five feet away. <laughs> I'll probably miss the golf ball multiple times and we're going to have to put up like a cage around me so I don't accidentally murder someone by letting go of the club or hitting the golf ball in the wrong direction. Not really selling but, this event right uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be, be a lot so of fun. fun. If you can possibly die. Mac's going to have to go to her own party. Um, yeah, they're going to have to rent out a different range for me. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to be there. I think so. this could be the score for you. This my, <laughs> Your heart rate doesn't go up that much unless you're just like... Why do we let, you Mac, know, get away, why do we let Mac get away with pretending that she's not athletic? Do you know how much walking is involved in golf? That's a hard pass. They got pass. carts. They got carts. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes you have to what? walk. No, I want to just address what I just said. <laughs> why do we let Matt get away with pretending that she's lazy enough and athletic? <laughs> She was an I athlete. Am. She was an athlete. What she we... is a long time ago. May, okay, maybe lazy. She might be lazy, <laughs> but not <laughs> athletic. Athletic. Why are lazy. you just going under the bus right now? Uh, I was throwing myself under the bus. Just to make sure that, no, I, that we said she was lazy, and that was solidified. I'm pulling you out of the bus because I, you're, you're, we're using, sitting here pretending I'm just, oh, I'm this potato. I can't do anything. I'm not athletic. That's not true. That was so long ago, though. I'm so far removed from that. Okay, fair, um, but. Still, but yeah, so I come actually by. don't know how to comment on whether she has genuine athletic abilities because I never really, I've never seen it put to the test. So we'll have to. I think. <laughs> well, this, it's I more th- of a matter of want, not ability. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's fair. That's why I'm lazy because I have no want or desire. But I am going to be swinging some, swinging some clubs and Balls. hitting some golf balls. Mac was pretty good at pickleball. Thank you. Uh, that was such a nice compliment. Oh my god! That's what I'm saying though, like if she wants it, she can. And then she, she never. I, and then she was like, I was like, oh, play pickleball with me. She's like, yeah, we're gonna do it. And then guess what? We never freaking played. Um, my mom's saying that she had to teach me how to run. That's not true. I was born with a deformed leg, and I had to overcome that, mom. So get out of the comments, okay? okay? I had to fix a deformed she didn't say leg. All that. You talk about throwing yourself um, under the bus. Right, right. <laughs> my foot was like this. Okay. Anyway, all right. Let's go to the weekend. Come to our tea party. Get your tickets in our box. Go get your bad birdie golf gear. I hope you guys have a great weekend. We're going to have a great weekend, right? Cheers. It's going to be very relaxing. Relaxing. Um, Shout out to our boss, by the way, Brandon Spano. It's his birthday. He's 40. He's old. So happy Happy birthday, Brandon. Um, (laughs) We hope you guys all have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. You guys are absolutely the best. I'm not even kidding you when I say this show would not be the same if it weren't for all of your incredible comments. I don't know what it is about the people that watch the show, but you all are so funny. It's Mac very emotional. I'm like, I appreciate you guys so much. Um, (laughs) Thank you guys so much don't forget we'll be live again next friday at 12 30 ish uh <laughs> we will see you then oh like this video leave us a five-star review we really appreciate it like it like it subscribe subscribe like okay goodbye happy weekend everybody yeah